I'm George Faust. I'm Karaski Melvin. And this is Inside Cajun Nation. KLFY and the University of Louisiana at Lafayette present Inside Cajun Nation. Hey, welcome to Inside Cajun Nation. On tonight's show, soccer comes home. Dr. Brian Magger drops by. But first, we begin with the continuing Cajun football revenge tour. Louisiana entering the week 1-0 after taking care of business. Northwestern State at Cajun Field. They take their revenge tour on the road to Old Dominion. First quarter, first Cajun drive. Ben Woolridge, Harvey Broussard on the catch. The former St. Martinville Tiger, his first collegiate score. Woolridge perfect on the drive. He went five for five. ODU strikes back quickly. Their second offensive play, Armarian Granger. One hands a 30-yard Grant Wilson pass. That ties things up. 10-7 Louisiana. Fourth down for the Monarchs, Jordan Lawson. The sack, that would end the ODU drive. Second quarter, 10-10. Wilson keeps it himself and takes it into pay dirt. Then under a minute in the second quarter, Woolrich airs it out. And on the other side, Charles Robinson making the catch. He's ruled down at the one. That's okay because Woolrich will take it in himself. Tied at 17s at half. Third quarter, Wilson goes to Ray Mello Murphy. 36 yards down the field into the end zone. Monarch on top again. So nice. They did it a second time. Wilson for Ray Mello, another one, 61 yards, 31-17, Old Dominion. Fourth quarter, Cajun shrink the lead a bit. Terrence Williams from a yard out. Next ODU possession, another Wilson touchdown, a 37-yard pass to Kelvin Williams. Cajuns, the fourth down, Woolridge tosses it to Jacob Cabote. He gets all the way in, shaking off a tackle, 37 yards to the house. And with 30 seconds, Cajuns a chance to tie on fourth down, Woolridge's pass, it falls short. ODU beats the Cajuns 38-31. Oh, I mean, it's a tough one. Uh, it's, it's always tough whenever you, uh, whenever you come up short like that. Um, you know, you, you got to tip your hat sometimes, too. You know, I mean, we had a plan for them. You know, we tried to commit, you know, more to the perimeter, and they ran the ball effectively. Um, then we had to put a few more in the box and play man, and they won in man. You know, I mean – Got to tip your hat. They had a good plan, you know, offensively. We wanted to be more efficient. We wanted to move the ball, you know, quick game, runs. We felt like we had a good design, good plan. Um, you know, I'm kicking myself. You always do whenever you get in the middle of the, the third quarter and second quarter and you have a couple drives that stall out and you kind of get away from it a little bit. But, um, you know, I thought our kids played really hard. And uh, I'm going to tell you this, you know, we ask them to fight and we ask them to fight for four quarters and play really hard, and they did. You know, we, we didn't have our best night tonight, certainly. Um, but one thing I know about this team and this staff is we're going to come back and, and we'll be better next week because of it. Told all the guys when we walked in the um in the locker room next week, you know, next opponent. We had a loss tonight. We got to uh, correct what we did wrong and come back together and work harder next week. We're disappointed with how we played today. I think we, we see a lot of growth. We can see ourselves growing from this game. You know, we, we all just are excited just to go back on Monday and go, go, go back to work and just get this losing taste out of our mouth. But I think we'll be, I think we'll be all right. Let's move to volleyball now. Their week was head east, then further east. Started Wednesday with a matchup with LSU. Louisiana comes off of a two-and-two two trip in Texas. That includes an upset of Rice. Now going into Baton Rouge, head coach Christy Gray explains what she wants to see from her team. 
I just want us to compete. LSU is a very, very good high-level team. And so for us to just, you know, stay composed and go compete together and everybody being on the same page at the same time is something that I am looking for with us. So let's go to Baton Rouge 8-6, Lauren Hill with the kill. Then later on, eight all in this first set. Maya Wilson would give Louisiana the lead. However, LSU would end up winning set one. Now we'll move to the second set, 3-3, three, three. Aaron Carmichael, two hands there for the points. Then later on, it's 9-6. Celeste Darling would end up finishing the kill. Cajuns would win set two. Tigers up two sets to one in the fourth set. Dana Dotson would deliver the final kill to put the Cajuns away. LSU wins in four. Then Cajuns went to Jacksonville for the UNF Invitational. They played Charlotte Friday morning. Cami Hicks delivers her second ace in the match so far. Cajuns up by 10. Celeste Darling and then Maya Wilson would team up on the block there. Cajuns would win the first set. Second set, Louisiana up 14-11. Mio Yamamoto up get the save, and then Hicks would deliver the spike. Cajuns win set two. Set three, tied at 19. Lauren Hill gets the Cajuns back on top. Then match point for Louisiana. Celeste Darling would put it to bed. Louisiana, a three-set sweep. Then they took on the host team, UNF, later in the day. Now, down two sets to the Ospreys, Kara Barnes would come in with a big kill. And then on set, big kill there. We're going to go ahead and see that there, demonstrative there. It's on set point for the Cajuns, Celeste Darling's return. Touched by North Florida player, Cajuns would be down two sets to one. Then 11-11 in set four, Maya Wilson would deliver the thunder again. And then once again, Darling would seal another Cajun set. However, Cajuns could not pull the reverse sweep. They lose in five. They wrapped things up in Florida against Texas Southern on Saturday. Louisiana up 10-6 in the first set. Cami Hicks, no doubt about that one. Then 23-16 Cajuns, Celeste Darling, the touch. Cajuns win the first set. Second set, Cajuns down one. Mia Yamamoto helped get a save. Then Shia Richardson would come in delivering the kill. Cajuns win set two. Then Louisiana, a chance to sweep before heading home. They do just that. 3-0, your final. Next up, the Sawyer Camillo Memorial Classic Thursday in Earl K. Long Gym. Coming up on Inside Cajun Nation, Cajun Soccer back on its home grounds. This portion of Cajun Nation is brought to you by Lafayette Coca-Cola Bottling. We're back on Inside Cajun Nation. Soccer entering this week had only one loss to its name. You know what else? They had only one home game. They played and won versus South Florida last month. Aside from that, they've been away from their home grounds. This week they had back-to-back -back home games. Head coach Chris McBride explains the importance of having two home games in a row. 
I think it's going to be really good for the team. I think that that second half where you're on the road, whether it is just a short travel, long travel, you can see a big difference from when you play a home game on a Thursday and a home game on a Sunday. We saw it against SFA. We saw it against FIU. Both those home teams there being home on the, the, the night before, uh, on the Thursday coming into the Sunday, you can see they're just a bit fresher, just a bit sharper. So the, the travel being not there this week and us being able to be here on our schedule, even those little things, you know, we particularly um, on a Friday, Friday, we'll train at a set time after a game. Well, that has to adjust when you're on the road because it's the home teams, they, they have their set schedule and we go. So we're excited about it. It'll be nice to get into a, a nice week flow uh, from soccer reasons, but then academic as well. Let the, the team go to their class and get on their schedule uh, and hopefully set us up nicely. Louisiana hosted Alcorn State on Thursday. Eight minutes in after a handball penalty call, Haley Waterhouse sticks the penalty kick to put the Cajuns on the board. Then, seven minutes later, Cicely Stevens sends in Louisiana's second goal of the night. Then, a minute later, Mariella Stevens using her head for the third Cajun goal. 53 minutes on the clock, Alyssa Abbott, her third score of the year, the fourth Cajun score in the game. Then, 62 minutes in, Tatum Beck would get in on the act for her first goal of the year. This game was called due to weather with Louisiana up nothing. Sunday, the Cajuns faced Lamar. First half, McKenna Garcia getting the save there. No goal scored in the first half. That changes in the second half. 47th minute, Holly Massey's shot goes over Garcia, allowing the Cardinals to break the scoring seal. Then, in the 87th minute, Acelia Ramirez gets the breakaway, breaking free, and going all the way for the goal. Lamar they end up winning two to nil. They will play, the Cajuns will play Texas State next Sunday. Cajun softball's summer transfer class has been ranked number 10 in the country, according to D1Softball.com. That class includes names like senior infielder pitcher Danela Locker from Iowa, junior infielder Brooke Elstad of St. Thomas, junior pitcher Lexi Delbray from Florida, and junior catcher infielder Sam Rowe, also of Florida. In 2023, Louisiana was 50 and 16, sweeping the Sun Belt regular season and tournament titles and reaching a Super Regional. After the break, Dr. Brian Maggart talks Cajun athletics. Welcome into Cajun Nation. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for staying up with us. Join us. We're honored to have our special guest this week. It's Dr. Brian Maggard, the head of the University of Louisiana Athletics and the Athletics Director. And uh, Dr. Maggard, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate you and uh, always look forward to chatting with you. Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me. Let, let's talk about this. Uh, the fall season's kind of kicked off. Mm -hmm. uh, everything was so successful a year ago. Uh, the expectations always continue to rise. You guys have done a phenomenal job of, of kind of uh, setting the bar at a high level. Uh, talk about the, the excitement for, for fall and, and what's coming up. Yeah, I think, first of all, we've gotten off to a great start, you know, between football, volleyball, and women's soccer. Um, you know, I had a volleyball team who beat number 18, Rice, uh, swept them in Houston. We had our soccer team get off to the best start in program history, and certainly football um, is off to the great start. So. I think it's just, you know, the fall sports time is around us and you can feel a vibe in the air. 
no matter where you're at, I think. And certainly we saw a great turnout last week at our first home football game. And I think people are just excited to get out and about and uh, take in some college athletics. Ready for a little cooler temperatures. Great move by no going 7.30 to, uh, <laughs> to beat the heat, so yeah. to speak, uh, against Northwestern State. Yeah, that, I think that helped. Um, yeah. You know, we just was most concerned about that direct sun on our fan base. And as it turned out, you know, we had that lightning delay at 7 p.m. Mm. So it was really nice to not have started at 6.30, had to have stopped and right. then go on. So really, at the end of the day, it only cost us about 15 minutes. Um, but no, I think it all worked out very well. We had a great crowd and appreciate the fan support. One of the, the, you know, kind of the staples of your job is to kind of continually look ahead and, and see what, what's good for the, for the university athletically and, you know, putting the schedule together and things of that nature. And I've told Coach Des this. I think this year's schedule really bodes well. I might have to told you that as yeah. well. But I, I like the way this schedule sets up. I think there's a lot of opportunity for success when we're talking about football. Right. I don't think there's any question about that. I think the non-conference schedule is tough enough to really test us. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to have to play well to win these games. We know that. And, uh, but you've got a premier brand in Buffalo coming to Lafayette, Louisiana, and then we go to Minnesota. And that's a game that we think we can be competitive in, as if not go out there and win. And that's, mm -hmm. that's going to be our, our uh, aspiration to do that. So I think to your point, uh, it is set up nicely, but we are going to have to execute. We're going to have to play well. But I think the talent is there. We've got a good team. They're still young, but they're very athletic and they're very hardworking. Uh, look, I, I know uh, it's year two for Coach Dez. Are, are you impressed with, with the way he handles himself? I, I really kind of yeah. am. I, I, I've known him as a high school coach. I, co I covered him in high school football yeah. when he played at Catholic High. I, I, I am kind of impressed with mm -hmm. his character and the way he handles himself. Yeah, there's no doubt. Mike Desimo is a man of high character and high integrity. And his coaching leadership has impressed me really even more than what I thought it would be. Uh, I had very high expectations for him, obviously I do. He has for himself, but uh, his coaching leadership last year in particular showed me a lot about him as a man. Uh, and uh, I look forward to the future with Mike Desimo. He's gonna do some great things. Uh, since we're talking football, I, I wanna ask you about this because there's, a, there's all kinds of change going on in college football right now. When you look at the landscape of, of what's happening in college football mm -hmm. with regards to the pack two now, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. it's just, it, it's just kind of really, who knows what's happening. How do you maneuver through that? And, and what is the, what's the plan for the Cajuns uh, kind of moving forward and yeah. the Sun Belt in general? Well, I think, you know, the pac 12 change caught everybody off guard yeah. and it happened so fast, right? It was like almost overnight, right? You had a power five conference decimate. Um, I think the Sun Belt Conference uh, is well positioned. You know, we feel very good about where we are as both a university and a conference within the Sun Belt. And, um, you know, I think we're just happy to be where we're at. We're, um, we feel like we've got a great competitive conference that is very regionally uh, designed. And we look forward to finding ways to continue to dominate this conference and make sure that we are positioned to have great success in all of our sport programs. And when you look at it, I mean, the Sun Belt really has been a, uh, it's not a power five, but it is a conference that has steadily grown over the years. And, and, and in this turmoil really has kind of been a steady ship. I think so. You know, yeah. we have absolutely over the past five years, let's say, I think the yeah. Sun Belt has really elevated, you know, its um, perception and, and really who it and we are as a conference. And I think most of that's been driven by the sport of football. We know that. 
And uh, we just want to make sure that as a conference, 14 institutions coming together, that one, you know, we stay together, but two, that we continue to invest in our athletic programs to continue to elevate our prowess. Good stuff. That's uh, Dr. Brian Maggard. He's going to stick around. He's going to join us uh, for another uh, segment as we roll on here on Inside Cajun Nation. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back in 90 seconds on Inside Cajun Nation. Welcome back to Inside Cajun Nation. George Faust here, Dr. Brian Maggard, the University of Louisiana Athletics Director, joining us uh, for a little conversation and had a chance to talk a little football. Um, some of the, I, I'm, I'm really impressed too with the volleyball program, the way, the way they started the season. You, you kind of alluded to it earlier, but uh, then they go to Texas Tech and, and, mm -hmm. and play well there as well. Right, you know, Coach Gray, you know, is in year three of this program and she's really finally starting, I think, get her system in place. Um, she's worked very hard, you know, on the recruiting trail, her and her staff, and I think we're starting to see the fruits of that labor. Uh, but it does take time, and we know that. Uh, but to your point, they seem to be a much more competitive team, both on defense and offense. Mm -hmm. I remember her telling us that, you know, going into the season, she felt very good about the defensive side of, of their team, but their offense has really performed well as well. And going into a place like Rice and sweeping, you know, the number 18 team in America, you know, is no small feat. That's the first time we've done that in 10 years. Yeah, that's impressive, no doubt about it. Uh, let's talk about some basketball because uh, quite successful a year ago and just recently Coach Bob Moreland got an extension mm -hmm. and, and uh, just talk about that decision and what, what went into that. Obviously, uh, he, he, uh, he earned that. <laughs> right, you know, there's no doubt. Anytime we win a conference championship, you know, we, we want to reward that success. Mm -hmm. And over a course of time, you know, Bob has really proven himself. He's a fine basketball coach and a, and a great man. And, um, you know, it's just a situation where we felt very good and comfortable, you know, with his coaching leadership as well. He runs a very clean program. You know, he's averaging, you know, I think it's a, a conference championship every four years right now. And the thing about basketball in the Sun Belt is there's not a lot of parity. I mean, there's teams are even across that board. And, yeah. you know, we continue to find ways to give ourselves the, the upper edge, if you will, but um, very proud of what Coach has accomplished during his time here, and we look forward to continue to support him and his staff and that program to find ways to win more championships. And I think I, I, Gary Broadhead's done a, done a, 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 a yeoman's, a yeoman's yes. effort job, if you will, uh, in, in creating a program that's established success and kind of mm -hmm. trying to keep that success yeah. as well. Yeah, that's another program. You know, Coach Broadhead, in my opinion, is a staple, you know, in this yeah. in this uh, community, in this culture, sure. right? He's a, he's a Cajun through and through. And, right, right. and, you know, I believe he's the winningest coach in women's basketball program history for yeah. us right now. And um, he continues to, to work very hard day in and day out to find ways to elevate that program as well. And so, I, again, I look forward to, you know, watching his success. Um, that's a team. I really encourage our community to come out and support them. Um, they're a team that plays extremely hard, very gritty on the defensive side of the ball. Um, he's hired uh, some new coaches over the past couple of years to elevate that offensive play a little bit even more. And uh, I look forward to his, uh, his run in the Sun Belt this year. I think we've, we're going to make some noise. Yeah, I, I always enjoy uh, talking to him and did not realize that he was a, he was a farmer before he yeah, was that's a coach. Right. You know? no, no doubt. So I did yeah. a story with him last year about that. So very impressed with that. And, uh, and I've been here a while. I, I, when he told me yeah. that, I was like, what? He's got, he, he and his family have a lot of history in this yeah, area, right, for sure. Correct, correct, correct. Um, 
when you when you look at the landscape of of the Cajuns, I mean, you've done a phenomenal job as as kind of elevating the expectation level. Um, where do you see this program kind of moving forward in, in what I guess uh, everybody says five years? But yeah. Uh, in the in the near future. Yeah, let's take the next five to seven years. Yeah. I, I think that's a decent time frame in this industry to, to allow ourselves to have the time to, to move the needle, so to speak. I think first and foremost, you're going to see an elevation in our facilities, right? And uh, although we have some fantastic ones in, in place already with Russo Park and Lampson Park and, and the Student Athlete Performance Center, yeah. the Cajun Dome, you know, we're in really good shape. But obviously we know that uh, Cajun Field, really Lord Stadium, Our Lady of Lord Stadium, mm -hmm. Uh, our tennis complex, um, you know, and, and the baseball clubhouse, right? We have a baseball clubhouse that we really need to cap off the, the Russo Park design, sure. if you will. Um, I think you're going to see a, a concerted effort on all three of those fronts to make sure that we uh, get those facilities where they need to be. And then we just want to continue to elevate our profile uh, in the space of winning. We need to win, you know, and continue to win. We've done a good job of that, I think, but we can do better. We want to do better. And when you talk about elevating and, and moving that needle, so to speak, we don't know exactly where it's going to land right now with all of this landscape change that you mentioned sure, yeah. uh, in college football right. per se. But you know, my hope is that if the college football playoff system allows more teams to hit that playoff, being positioned in the Sun Belt Conference, a, a prime football conference, if we can find ways to win that year in and year out, or at least consistently, right? I think we have a chance to make one of those 12 playoff spots, you know, if it stays at 12, yeah, right? Sure. Even if it goes down to eight, I think we might have an opportunity depending on how they allocate those spots. But um, so I think, you know, continuing to elevate our profile at the national level, something we want to do. We want to finish, you know, these facility upgrades that we have. George, I think once we do that, you know, we're just going to continue to continue to rise you know, in the space of college athletics. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to, to seeing the to kind of the renovation and the, and yeah. the upgrade of, uh, of Cajun Field yeah. as well. I, I think a lot of fans, that, that's kind of there on the top of their mind. And it should so, be. It should yeah, be because yeah. it's been talked about for a long time. Right, and, right. and look, there's nobody more impatient than me. But, um, <laughs> okay. you know, good to know. Everything, everything <laughs> happens yeah. when it's supposed to happen. And um, I'm very excited that, you know, if and when we roll this, this out. I think our community is going to be very excited about it, but I think it's going to be something they're going to be very proud of yeah. because of that, I think that uh, that stadium is going to be a staple, not only in our community, but in Acadiana and for Acadiana. And uh, when we get there, I'm looking forward to uh, being able to share, you know, with, with everybody, not just locally, but nationally, because when you do roll things like that out nationally, again, that continues to put the spotlight on you. It continues to elevate your profile. And that's what we want to keep doing. And you, th there's a way to do that. I mean, obviously, you have the RCAF, and, mm -hmm. and people can can continually to uh, be a part of that. And where do they need to go to do stuff like you that? You know, if you just go to RagingCajuns.com, yeah. you know, you look up top, click on RCAF. We've made it very simple. We've really done an overhaul on our website. You know, that's an easy access point. Certainly, you know, with mobile phones these days, right. you can do the same thing. Yeah. But look, you know, we have always talk about this whenever we're together. You know, the, a, a key to our success, right, is engagement. You know, we need this community to engage with us. We need to engage with our community. We know that. And so the two easiest ways to do that is to attend our events. So it's either buying season tickets or single game tickets and supporting us through the RCAF. For as little as $50 a year, you can be an RCAF member. And um, that's like $4.17 a month. 
on a recurring credit card charge, yeah. and we'll take that. Um, but I think that's how we get people engaged. And uh, the, that, that, those types of investments multiplied by thousands, Can that's a difference maker. Yeah, and, um, but we want to do that, but at the same time, we know we have to engage back. We want to make sure that whether it's our student athletes giving back to the community and our coaches and staff, you know, for three years running now, we've led the Sun Belt Conference in student athlete community service hours. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a testament to our student athletes and our coaches getting out and volunteering their time in this community. And so we know that's a way for us to engage. At the same time, we want to make sure that we provide a great customer experience. That's something that we, you know, we pay attention to every single event. And after an event, we quality control it to make sure, you know, we're correcting the things that we may not have gotten right. Right. Dr. Magna, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, always a pleasure to chat with you. And uh, thank you guys for staying up with us and, and uh, being a part of Inside Cajun Nation. We'll see you next time right here on Inside Cajun Nation.